Hey everyone, welcome back to the Guys of Habit podcast. We are live streaming on twitch.tv slash bigbadtimber. I'm Mike. I'm joined by Vikram, my co-host, Vinay, our other co-host, and political correspondents, as I like to say, because we are streaming the day before the 2020 presidential elections. And uh, we've got a really, really fun uh, topic for you today. Uh, Vikram, how's it going, man? Hey, it's uh, hanging in there, feeling, uh, trying to calm down a lot of the anxieties that I have uh, before election day tomorrow. I've, uh, I'm pretty much going to shut myself off of TV, get some Andy's ice cream uh, right as the polls start closing in, and uh, hopefully get some Chinese food to uh, take me through the Sounds night. Sounds like a good plan. How about you, Vinay? You know, I've been self-reflective and aware of things that are going on and for many people this is a very important election and for all of us it's a very important election um but i'm just trying to keep myself aware and mindful that every you know each and every one of us is going through something and i just want to be empathetic to that always good uh good motto to live by absolutely um i on the other hand could care, unfortunately, less about <laughs> anything going on. I hope the elections turn out um, good for all of us um, because I think we're in a in a really bad place right now um, in this country and in the world. Um, we're in a bad place because we're dealing with a pandemic. The United States has not handled this pandemic uh, well. We all know who's really responsible for not handling that well, and hopefully... Um, Things turn out in our favor tomorrow, and tomorrow we start the healing, and tomorrow we start rebuilding, and tomorrow, uh, the hopefully the world does not burn, and, uh, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. I am also going to get Nandy's ice cream, and I'm going to put on, uh, Fox News on the iPad, CNN on the TV, and, uh, MSNBC on the computer tomorrow, so I'm gonna see what's going on on all three. You got the left the right and then the centrist right there so it's going to be a fun uh fun fun evening tomorrow uh me and my wife are looking forward to uh watching uh the results and i hope everyone got out and voted early when they could vote early um if they did not tomorrow's the last day get your butt in there if you guys if anyone works your actually your job um allows you to take the day off or take a half day um paid and go vote because it is your duty. It is your right as Americans if you live in the United States of America. And uh, please exercise that right because you have that right. Um, and that's what I got to say about that. But in, in, as far as... I, I I wholeheartedly agree, Mike. Uh, well said. I do have to ask you, though, just because uh, there was a lot to unpack in what you just said. What Andy slavery are you going to go custard, for? Man. I'm a vanilla guy. That's uh, all. You go for the traditional custard. No top. What top? Just, just fl- nothing. That's it. Yeah. Nothing. Just vanilla flavor. Oh man, I love the I, I love the boot daddy. I love the Oreo and the the caramel. Um, so I'm probably gonna go for the boot daddy. What about you, Vinay? What's your favorite Andy's uh, flavor? Vikram, I think you took that boot daddy idea from me. Um, <laughs> I'm always been. I've always been the. Uh, the guy that's been on boot the boot day i think people in my friend group would know that i've been i am pretty much a shill for the boot daddy <laughs> so when 
whenever uh, whenever I say that, I think at first people gave a little bit of some, uh, you know, like, wait, what? Why you get that? And then when they had it, oh, they're no, like, the now flavors I see are incredible. Uh, we, we, we just we, look, look, it, you know, there's an election tomorrow. I mean, make no mistake about that. If you're if you're an American citizen and you're registered to vote, go vote. It's your civic responsibility. But at the end of it all, too, uh, everybody loves ice cream. So, you know, the elections and this ele- entire election cycle has left everybody charged um, in more ways than one can count. The pandemic on top of that really hasn't helped the alleviate the anxieties in the situation as a whole. Get some ice cream, get some comfort food, strap yourself in. Personally, for me, Mike, I don't think it's going to be resolved by tomorrow, but I'm going to I don't think uh, so either. No, I think it's going to drag on for a couple more days until the results start <laughs> I think certifying. It's going to drag on weeks because of uh, who's in office, but that's I, I don't want to be mean or anything like that. I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, of course, of course, but uh, we'll we'll see what completely happens. Impartial I mean, here, already guys. early, completely impartial. No, absolutely. I mean, early, early voting turnout has been stellar so far. Uh, so, um, I mean, we're at the final home stretch. We're at the eleventh hour. I mean, quite literally, we're 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 at the final like hour count. If we've been looking at how long this election cycle has been going, it seems like it's been going on forever, Mike. Yeah, unfortunately, and it's unfortunately turned into the reality TV. Uh, a Kardashian episode, unfortunately, and uh, we've got to end this right now. This this is just, uh, it's a travesty what's going on right now. Um, and because of this pandemic, it's a travesty. So um, before yep. we get into all that, because, uh, you know, I don't think we're going to be talking too much about politics, but we're actually going to focus on politics and video games. Because uh, yeah. we had some important events happen on Twitch recently that I know uh, Vinay and uh, Vikram are going to get into big time because I'm just going to say it right out flat at the beginning. I'm going to kind of take a step back, listen to you guys. You guys are the experts. Um, I may chime in here <laughs> or there because uh, I just kind of yeah. want to put this out there because even, um, you know, I don't want my initial, uh, what I initially uh, said to kind of if you, if you uh, vote one way or the other, I personally don't care as long as you go out and vote. Um, and I will just say this, you know, um, I, I initially for the longest time didn't really care about, um, uh, our elected officials, our, our government. And, um, unfortunately I have a negative view of them because I really think that our elected officials have failed us on both sides of this, of, uh, the, the left and the right. And even in the middle, I think they failed us for a very long time. So unfortunately I've got that negative mindset on that. I don't want anyone to share that. Uh, mindset that I have, and that's why um, I'm going to take a step back and listen to uh, my two incredibly intelligent and uh, eloquently spoken friends over here, and as they navigate this conversation that we're going to have later in the show. But first, we are going to get to some fun stuff to try to distract us from all of our anxieties that we're facing, and uh, uh, Vikram has some news. He actually bought some new tech this week. This past week, and I got to uh, play around with it. So, <laughs> why don't you tell the folks? Uh, Ooh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> shiny. There's, there's uh, one of our Apple shills right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sucker for good phones and a good design. So, so am I. That's Listen, I'm, I'm, a... I'm a big Apple shill. You're not going to get <laughs> so... Right. I mean, like, it's, I mean, I can't believe, it. I mean, it's been almost a month since we last went live on air. Um, a lot going on, obviously, and uh, it's a it's a difficult time for a lot of people. So, I mean, uh, for me, um, I I kind of had this mindset before I even moved back to Chicago that uh, with at least one 
of my rent savings that I was going to be taking by moving back home with my folks for um, at least until the end of the year uh, that I was going to upgrade and get the new iPhone. Um, and I was very patient and waiting on just what new tech is going to come out. And I was very pleased after the recent Apple keynote address, the iPhone keynote, where they unveiled like four of their models, the Apple iPhone 12 mini, the 12, the 12 pro and the 12 pro max. Uh, and I, I just looking at all the phones, like I, I went with the 12 pro. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful phone. Um, I mean, it, I, I feel like Apple has turned and amplified their platform as one of the leading tech companies and made this more into like a sensation, um, the keynote address. And it was, and they went through a lot and I'm very excited because I, as somebody who's a budding photographer, Having the 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 three cameras, the telephoto, the wide, and the ultra wide lens is uh, something that'll help elevate my mobile photography game. And I came from the iPhone eight, so I've had my iPhone eight for three years. Battery life was already uh, like turning to crap as is. It was already having problems, and I just needed an upgrade. And I'm very thankful that I um, at least uh, because of the smart choices that smart choice I made coming back home. Um, that I was able to uh, have the opportunity to get the iPhone, and uh, I'm loving it so far. It's a night and day difference than what I had before. Dude, I went from um, I went from a 6s Plus that died, so I had to this spring this past spring get get an 11. So uh, Vinay actually convinced me to get the 11 because I actually got a great deal on it, and I didn't see much of a big difference between the 11 and the Pro, so I just went 11. Um, even having just the regular, even I because I know the 11s a lot like the 12 regular right now it's uh it's a fantastic device and hopefully it'll last i think it will last us quite a while uh because we've been pretty good with our phones so it's it's an awesome little piece of technology um apple's really killing it lately yeah no um and i kind of just wanted to give advice to a lot of folks because i know uh some folks uh, that are like me and are upgrading I, I actually looked it up because uh, I'm also, uh, full disclosure, I'm an investor and own Apple stock. I don't know if I needed to disclose that because this isn't any like no. uh, financial like podcast no. or anything. But I mean, I mean, I, I just wanted to put that because it's like, OK, I, I looked it up, um, some of the, the the metrics and their information that they made public and a large part of their current ecosystem um, are coming from the iPhone 6 seven and eight lines if you look at like just like the long-standing groups that have iphones it's those three buckets and that's what i'm like wow this with 5g going on with just the phones um i mean uh, where everything is at i feel like people are just gonna try and upgrade and this is the perfect upgrade year for it because it's that large group that they're trying to get hooked onto the new tech so i mean um so why i say that is because um i made the decision not to trade in my old iphone I'm still very much keeping my iPhone 8. I wasn't going to get a whole big deal from Apple for it. It was like $140. Um, but I kind of wanted to just talk about it for a moment. Just like, what do you do with an old iPhone? I know a lot of folks just uh, have built up iPhones over the year. If you've retained and kept in Apple's ecosystem, I'm not one of those. I came from Android four years ago. No, wait, actually, was it four years ago? Four or five years ago, actually. Yeah, four or five years ago, like from Android to Apple. And I never really kept my Android phones, although because they were very low tech compared to what we have now. And, you know, you can do so much with an old iPhone. You can do so much with an old phone in general if it's like, you know, within the last three years. 
realistically, and Mike, you know this too, there hasn't been a whole lot of incremental gains other than like more memory, more processing right. power. Um, so, I mean, like now we've kind of reached like a, um, just like a plateau phase where it comes to technology, where it's like, I mean, apart from 5G and the cameras, uh, which are the big selling points now, right. the average consumer really doesn't have so much of a need for like good photography, unless you're really big on Instagram, in which case, um, hopefully you have diversified out of Instagram because, uh, don't keep it, keep, don't keep your social media all in one place. <laughs> no, uh, I actually, you know, I used to upgrade iPhones, uh, every, t- I've always been an iPhone user and, uh, I used to upgrade every two years, I would say, and I would actually trade in or sell my old phone. But since my phone was so old and I kept my, I kept, you know, kind of the 6S Plus uh, with, I think it was definitely, I've had it for more than four years. Um, it's not really worth anything. So I kind of just kept it as a backup phone. And uh, I actually, th- thankfully, um, I did keep it as a backup phone because I left my uh, brand new, when I got the phone, I left my brand new iPhone 11 and my friend's uh a uh, brand new car that he was showing me that he came over to <laughs> show me and oh, i was like geez. oh crap but then uh, my old phone still worked so i was able to <laughs> get a hold of uh, nice. uh him and uh because i had my contacts yeah. in there so so uh it's it's always actually good to have two phones i've actually learned <laughs> no absolutely I, I i and or even outside of just like having a second phone in general like you know if you're a gamer yeah and you don't want to use your new phone because of just like how much like if you think about it like how much you're pressing into the phone like having that like there's a reason why apple apple had to add in ceramic shield to the front face of the camera of the phone screen is because they have to acknowledge that like people are going to like game more on this phone right. and uh just by like all the thumb pressure and movements it's going to add wear and tear to your screen and so um you know having a second phone that has you know kind of on par with the same specs as apple's tech the processing power is going to be smooth depending relative to what phone you kind of have but in any case for gaming purposes for adding in a webcam webcam monitor, um, using it as an old media storage or a ba- like you know you you mentioned backup phone, but even having a backup travel phone, right, right. I think it's all good points. I think right. that retaining your like your old phone in general is always a good practice. It's a good practice to maintain right now. Um, you never know what, what what you're gonna need it for. So that's my recommendation and uh yeah i am a huge apple shell uh face id is so wonderful and having face such id a is actually kind of wonderful i thought fingerprint was like the yeah. best and then i went from fingerprint to face and it was just like wow okay this is awesome i'm still kind of hoping for that they're going to bring back touch id maybe maybe not like you know over the display because i feel like that's still kind of gimmicky yeah. like i don't like personally i don't want like my phones to get smudged up like the screens with that much um I know you can wipe it off, but you get my point. Yeah. Like, I don't want too much thumbprint. Sure. Um, what I think is cool that Apple did with their recent iPad Air line, if I'm not mistaken, is that they've incorporated Touch ID on the power button so that anytime you press the side of... Um, That's a good idea. Or the, where, yeah, so it's just like integrating the, the Touch ID with the power button. I think it's like, wow, that's... that's uh, you, you retain, like, the full screen size. You don't have to add in ex- any extra cameras. But I'm not the I, I I'm an old iPad owner. But I you own one of the newer iPads, I believe. What's your experience been with just uh, um, the newer iPad compared to my iPad Air two? Dude, I'm still rocking I my iPad we... two. By the way, not iPad hey. Air two, iPad two. <laughs> so you got the bulk. Two. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It still works. Still functions great. <laughs> 
I would say that the new iPad, so I have the iPad Pro 10 inch, the 11 inch specifically. And wife. yeah, it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like a laptop. Yeah, I would I like say it. that now, yeah, I would say now the best, the best iPad to get is the new iPad Air that, that, that just came out. Um, that has all the features of the iPad Pro with the, uh, with the full screen and the lidar capabilities and stuff like that. God, yeah, the, the, and it's and it's a more economic, relatively more economic uh, iPad to get yeah, over. Yeah, it's, it's pretty affordable this Pro. year, isn't it? It is, mm-hmm. and I, I'm so now you you touched on it. I'm so stoked for the lidar capabilities too. I mean, for for folks who aren't aware of what lidar tech is, lidar is um, it sends like waves of energy out and kind of like you know gets a 3d capturing it it bounces off it it registers where like light hits an object and then bounces back on it in order to develop like 3d full space and so it has really cool capabilities if you're thinking about thinking about augmented reality um it's able to like fully understand and is aware of just like space limitations around it and uh plan objects around set space um really cool piece of tech and it also adds more into their camera feature because of um its ability to capture more light in uh well not more light but it's able to register like the depthness of uh how you know permeation is like my face from where my closet is and register that depth and kind of like enhance that projection out mm-hmm. yep it's i mean overall i have no complaints and i highly recommend it if you can afford the ipad pro you can get the 10 inch or anything I'm, like I'm, that I'm or just get the air I'm probably going to update, uh, upgrade myself in the next like two years because I do love having a tablet. I just want to figure out more uses of the tablet and hopefully that there is some additional novelty that can come from um, either the iPad line. I think Samsung's also like coming out with some really cool tablet technology. They're slowly catching up there in terms of tech. Well, dude, um, Apple's really invested in uh, in this, and I mean, from what I've been seeing online is that especially the last two iterations of the iPad. They're so close to emulating a very powerful laptop. And mm-hmm. uh, they're so portable. I mean, you come out with the Apple Pencil, the Apple Keyboard. I mean, graphic designers even, swear even, by the even, iPad even, now. and um, Even the Magic Keyboard, too. Right. The one that, like, it's, like, floating in the air, and you can, like, move it, and it just, like, stays in place. Right. I mean, that's that's super, super cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing some yep. really good stuff. Yeah. We got it. We got we got a little bit too much into the technology. I mean, no, we're that's all okay. Guys we only we have two have more tech, two though. more fun segments, and then the political talk begins. So let's go on. <laughs> oh, wait, you're, you're you're saying that we're not fun all the time, Mike? Is that what no, you're no, saying? No, no, no. I say so... I, I, I'm of the opinion that politics aren't fun, but you guys are probably going to make it fun because I'm a, uh, a oh we're going to make it. Fun. I'm a 34 year old uh, old uh, cr- crusty curmudgeonly uh, man right now. You know what? Mike? You know what, Mike, earlier you said that you were just going to take a backseat approach, and I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to bring you as much as possible in this discussion. And, and I was just going to say, I hate everything. I think politics. all politicians are crooks and criminals. You don't want me to say Go that. ahead. Go, dude, no. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, obviously don't put it like no, that. But no, I mean, I'm, like, just I'm teasing. We're, well, we're going to have fun with this. I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff because there's a lot of intersections that. Well, I mean, looking over your notes, honestly, too, it's, you've got some really good. Uh, you have some really good examples that I didn't even think of. Um, and I actually do want to talk about one of them in a funny way, which is really, really cool. I think you might know which one that is because it's one of my favorite games of all time uh, from the PS1 yeah. era. 
Um, uh, yep. so, so that's going to be fun, but let's, uh, let's, uh, get into the new music recommendations from you, Vikram. What's, uh, wh- what do you got for us? I haven't even listened to these yet. I, so, so what do you got? For I us? have, so, so quite honestly, I mean, uh, I mean, what do I say? I, I, I've been going on my SoundCloud now recently. Um, I haven't, I, I've still been picking up new artists, um, just here and there from various Spotify playlists. I'm, um, I'm in love with this one duo right now. It's, um, um, I, uh, for the, for the last year I've been so, I mean, you know, Mike, I, I, I enjoy Maddion, I enjoy Porter Robinson and their music, especially some of the new singles and the new albums and the, just the remixes that they've come out in the past year. It's been good comfort for me, um, which is funny enough. Um, one of Porter's new singles, uh, something comforting. If you haven't listened to it, go for it because I I'm really digging what Porter Robinson has in store for us with his, uh, uh, sophomore album, nurture we haven't heard anything about a release date but he's dropped like a ton of good singles something comforting mirror and get your wish they're all fantastic and they're also stylistically different that it just makes me excited that this is from the same creative mind that brought us worlds for his debut album uh so if there's anything if there's one music that i'm very excited for coming up just in the next few months it's going to be porter robinson but to fill that um, before I listened to Maddie on him, before I listened to this like new vote in, uh, EDM scene, um, I enjoyed a lot of Swedish, uh, EDM artists, Avicii, rest in peace, um, Axa, Axwell Ingrosso, um, Swedish house mafia. They were one of the first few artists that really got me hooked onto EDM. Um, this new artist is Vargas and Lagola. Um, this isn't their like sophomore album, I guess. Um, it's just something I picked up on Spotify because it was, uh, available this past week. Um, it's just called Mount Alda and I haven't really figured out like a particular song. They're all just like sounding cool, but I kind of wanted to talk about them too, because they're relatively new. They've been active as like solo musicians for the last like 10 years, but, um, you have Vincent Pontare and Salem Alfakir, um, they were solo artists and then became uh, two Swedish Grammy award-winning songwriters and producers. Um, they worked with, as I mentioned before, Avicii, Axwell and Grosso, but also David Guetta, Galantis, Madonna. That's a name I was surprised and shocked to hear that they were involved with um, in their uh, solo work. Um, but just to give an idea of just like, you know, songs that people would understand like, Oh, well, you know, how, 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 um well known are these guys if this is their like they've only released one complete album and that's the butterfly effect and that's coming out or that came out already in january 2020 i've just been so engrossed in mount alda that i haven't gotten to it yet so forthcoming episode i'll have and have to follow up and share that content but they've played in um um gosh i'm trying to i'm trying to view like one of these avici songs that i'm like pulling up in front of me um without you by avici you know i can't stop I can't wait. I will never be the same without you. That's not an Avicii song, Victor. That's a David Guetta song with Usher. <laughs> oh, is that? Oh, what is it? I'm getting called out by Vinay. Oh, that's what it was. I was confusing it for "Waiting for Love." Ah, yeah. I had two songs. I had the two songs in front of me in my notes. So, thank you, Vinay, for calling me out on that, and uh, appreciate the correction here. But. Yeah, Without You by David Guetta. That's a great song. Usher is also fantastic. So um, thank you for that, Vinay. Damn. 
You're welcome. Ah, now that threw me off my mojo. So do you want to continue on, Vanai? You seem to know a whole lot about uh, the music I have to share. Yeah, well, I'm not really going to speak to, like, European EDM. I think it had, like, a very strong phase in, like, the late 2000s, early 2010s. Um, I want to speak more to the grime scene in the United Kingdom. Uh, I've been uh, really tuned in to a guy named Stormzy, who is probably Britain's most famous grime artist. Now, for many of the listeners that don't know what grime is, grime is a descendant of a of a genre called garage music which is basically hip-hop and electronic music kind of combined together but it's not like a pure like rap type of it's not a pure it's not just purely rap and a lot of the music came from areas like south london um lutton and a lot of place and you know a lot of places where you know, there, you know, where, you know, the black community in the UK really flourished that type of music. Now, Stormzy is a very unique artist because he's the first, uh, he's the first black artist to headline Glastonbury, which is the equivalent of like Lollapalooza and Coachella in the United States. And he performed his uh, recent, most recent album um, on Jimmy Fallon when he was in New York uh, in the beginning of January, I believe. So the album that I was listening to is, is called Gang, Sign and Pray, um, Gang Signs and Prayers. It's his first full-length studio album. I highly, highly recommend it because, um, you know, it's some of the, you know, there's so many different genres that are in there. You have your hip-hop, you have grime, like your typical grime stuff, but you also have gospel. You have a lot of chorale and ballads in there as well. So Stormzy's a very, very talented artist. He's not just a rapper, but he's also a singer too. Um, so that's my recommendation of music on my list. It's a little old. Came out in 2017, I believe, 2017, 2018. So highly recommend it. But I do you also want to give a shout out to our uh, mutual, mutual uh, love, Big Shack? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's more of a parody guy. He he's a comedian, a comedian who was trying to make fun of grime. No, uh, that's what that's he why also I wrote a song up. called. Ma- he also wrote a song called "Man's Not Hot." It's a meme song. If any of you guys are interested in listening to that, also, well, and you probably you heard, must have you heard about the meme songs, like how we've come there as a society. We're at meme songs. I'm sorry, repeat that? I'm sorry, I'm just dealing with some technical stuff going in the background right now. All good. No, no. Um, I mean, it wouldn't be a guys of habit. No, my camera have, just stopped uh, uh, to... showing our feed. That's what, or you're you're the only one that's that everyone can oh, see right now. So, <laughs> well, that's that that that's quite all right because I that's quite all right because I I have a beautiful <laughs> face and a face made for radio after all. <laughs> the irony of that statement ah, does not escape me. We're back. Oh, well, do you, do you, do you want to, do you want do you want to make that irony more explicit than I, you have the floor. Yes. Well, I mean, you said radio and, you know, <laughs> I was being sarcastic. Oh radio. my God. Yep. Uh, anyways, but so big shack, are, yeah. Meme songs, Mike, that, that's what, that, that was my question is, can you believe that we as a society have just come to meme songs now? It doesn't shock me because of, uh, you know, how much social media has, Kind of overtaken our lives. 
I, I feel I like, this is my thought on memes. It's basically like every group's every friend group that you've ever had in life. You had like some inside jokes and inside references, you know. And what are memes? But just like some of the more overt and wide capturing like inside jokes that people could make. Where it's like you you get you get you get that rush of like oh I know that joke and if I share it with other people who understand that joke then that's my network you know people will latch on to the dopamine effect that social media provides right. just like from anywhere um, so I, meme songs are just perfect for that too it's just like you know pe- people have sh- had like a shared like connection around music and now it's just kind of like more casually breaking the barriers down. Where it's like, oh yeah, I've heard of the artist. I watched a meme of them or a meme song or like, um, just a, it's it's so it's such a commoditized thing where it's like, you know, as access to information and access to just like so much is there and prevalent, we're just like kind of latching onto it uh, every second of every possibility, whether it's on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, which is alludes to what I was mentioning earlier. Uh, don't don't keep your social media all in one place. Kind of branch yourself out. If you're the type of person that can uh, be equipped to process and handle social media, I wouldn't, I, I mean, like, too much information can also be a bad thing and kind of lead to other behaviors and an individual. I firmly believe that, like, it alters psychology of folks. Would you agree with that too, Mike or Vinay? I think that social media in general is designed to keep you engaged onto the product as long as possible. Um, and why things like meme songs are becoming such a thing, like songs like Old Town Road, you know, that came from TikTok and a lot or of songs Friday by Rebecca, or Friday by Rebecca uh, Black, was it? Yeah, but that was a little bit like those. This was before the latency of social media and the, you know, the product of social media itself became such a um, became so behaviorally, you know, detrimental for people. Yeah. Um, what I'm going to say is like, if you look at like some of the biggest hits on the Billboard Hot 100 this year, uh, a lot of these hits came from TikTok. Yeah. So, and I think that speaks more to incentives and reward systems that are there for uh, artists to get, especially by being online constantly, might actually be more to the detriment of their health in the long run and their mental and physical health more so than people can consider. Because every time people are chasing that dopamine rush of being on social media and getting the the likes and the follows and stuff like that, that's going to lead to more and more of an addiction in that case. 100%. I, I agree there. Um, maybe I um, I have a different like basis context of just like how I view it too because I, I truly do believe that social media does alter psychology and I would uh, it, like in some ways both good negative and positive um like even if something's a good thing at face value if it's like becomes too much of a habit is it really considered a good thing or is it just a kind of built-in um different thought for another day though um absolutely mm-hmm. but and we uh, are the guys but, of habit after all so we have to talk about habits oh but well we can, we can always establish uh habits on the regular you know i uh if you, if you told me two years ago that I would get involved in a video game podcast and just stay in the confines of a video game podcast, um, uh, I, I, I would have said crazy. But like, I really do love podcasting as an avenue. And Mike, I think you, you, you agree with me, too. Like, you know, for you, it's an extension of like your streaming and uh, your channel, Big Bad Timber, which we're featured on. 
please uh, like and subscribe our sponsor um, if you are listening in on this. <laughs> Thank you. I have to kind of be no, the show no, for no. Our, and, our, and, our, and we're not just we have... a video game podcast. We are a pop culture podcast. I would like to kind of throw that in there because I think we've covered kind of the full spectrum oh, oh, of pop culture and and multimedia and tech and uh, you know how much of a big movie fan I am, Vikram. We've talked about you know even uh, all, literally the the entire spectrum the spectrum of pop culture. So. Um, but yeah, absolutely. hundred percent agree. And there's mm-hmm. just a point I wanted to touch on that. And I actually brought up a really good point, um, that I kind of want to just, uh, elaborate further, but not on the, uh, mental health, uh, aspects of, uh, how negative or positive social media can be. But now with social media, and I mentioned that, uh, in the top 100, uh, hits that a lot of them, a lot of the hits came from TikTok, correct? So, um, what that tells you is that you don't need to be discovered by some hotshot producer anymore. You don't need to be. Uh, all you need to do is produce some content, put it on the internet, whatever application or avenue you choose, and you can get big on that. And the masses will right. pick you up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you, did you see what happened with the, the cranberry juice guy um, uh, listening to the Fleetwood no. Mac song? Oh, you have to. It's so wholesome. It's just a a dude on a longboard, and there's a larger story to this, and it's kind of crazy. Um, but he it, it it popped up on TikTok where he just pulled up the app because his daughter was uh, uh big into TikTok and told his, uh, told her dad to uh, also download it as well. And uh, I believe like his truck broke down, so he uh, bummed a ride from one guy. Uh, basically was putting his hand on on the back of his on the on his truck and just riding on his longboard. Um, but he was filming the moment and he just like is on his longboard, like filming himself and he has the Fleetwood Mac, Mac song going on. Um, I gotta know, I gotta know what the song is. Um, but if either of you know, um, please chime in. Uh, oh gosh. Uh, I believe it is. Oh gosh. Everybody's just calling it the, the cranberry juice song. Oh, the song is called Dream. Uh, the song is called Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Um, it's a very relaxing song. So he's anyways hitching his uh, hand on the back of the truck, and he's just like longboarding, and he's just like drinking out of a uh, out of Ocean Spray cranberry <laughs> juice, just like kind of vibing and just like in the moment, and like people just like were like that's escapism at its finest, and then suddenly now like he um, apparently got a brand new truck uh, thanks to the, an outpouring of donations. Um, it's a big thing. Um, it can be good um, as well as, you know, um, uh, like there's both good and bad to social media, too. I, I will have to say just as evidenced by that story. Absolutely. And uh, Vikram, if you don't mind, I'm going to move on to quickly my comic book recommendation for the week because um, I'm watching the time here and I do want to give you and Vinay the rest of the podcast to be able to uh, talk about our big topic that I think is very important. I think we need to talk about um, very quickly. My comic book recommendation of the week is actually very apropos for the night before elections because I am choosing the sequel to The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller. This is called The Dark. It's a, it's a one shot from the DC Black Label, and I'll explain what DC Black Label is. But this is uh, The Dark Knight Returns. The Golden Child, and uh, this comic book is actually a sequel to the Dark Knight Return. Actually, Dark Knight Returns, Dark Knight Strikes Again, and then the Dark Knight 
Master Race, I think, are the three series that Frank Miller wrote. And uh, this one he returns to write. And uh, Rafael Grandpa, um, an incredible Brazilian artist, uh, 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 draws this uh, one-shot by uh, DC Comics, DC Black Label. DC Black Label basically replaced Vertigo Comics, which was uh, DC's adult line of comics. And uh, they're actually a bigger format. Uh, now in DC uh, Black Label, I'm actually going to recommend another DC Black Label comic uh, on our next episode. But this episode, uh, for for this episode, I'm re- recommending this because um, it's basically about um, uh, Superman and Wonder Woman's kid and uh, Batman's new Robin, who's evolved into Batwoman, basically. Um, and uh, I don't want to spoil too much of the story, but it's incredibly drawn. Um, and it's really well written, really a, a really good return to form by Frank Miller because he he has uh, battled alcohol uh, uh, problems in the past and uh, he's finally overcome them, I think. And uh, I think a better writer for uh, because of it now. But um, there's re- reason I chose this is because uh, the Joker is president. Uh, excuse me. The Joker's president in this uh, uh, universe, in this comic uh and uh, the artist um, draws the Joker exactly like uh, President Donald Trump. And um, there is a lot of allegories and a lot of things that the comic uh, kind of throws into what we are dealing with as a society right now. So it's uh, I highly, highly recommend it. It's in a Batman comic, which... Hold on, hold on, Mike, 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 Mike. You said the magic word there as we were describing the Joker. We live in a society. <laughs> for for folks who don't understand, watch the Joker yeah. movie. You'll get the reference. Definitely. Go ahead, Definitely continue, no, no, Mike. No, Sorry no. about that. Uh, that's all I really have to say about it. Is this, it's uh, it's uh, it's just kind of a spinoff of uh, the Dark Knight uh, Returns universe that Frank Miller has uh, created that uh, everyone loves, um, and it uh, has some really interesting things to say about uh, what's going on with. Uh, our uh, society uh politically um and what's going on in our uh country now um and uh it's beautifully drawn i mean the art's incredible and uh i had a, a really big laugh that uh i saw the uh the artist draw the joker uh just like president donald trump and it's uh it's a really really interesting read i highly recommend it mike uh, you've gotten me sold on dc black label i, I remember Black Label line. Um, I think I read and bought Harleen, yeah. um, but it was for a yeah. gift for someone. Yeah, that's a really good comic um, too. Which, and I've yeah. got, uh, there's an, you know, I'm yeah. going to probably, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I was just going to yeah. say, I'm probably going to be recommending in the next few episodes uh, a ton of uh, DC Black Label comics because I've, uh, dude, that, that, that's fantastic because, um, I mean, do you have Luther? Yeah, they I'm looking reprinted at Luther, that. I dude. To... So, so that actually was not a DC Black Label comic. Uh, it's, it was written and drawn. Years and years okay. ago, I actually have the absolute edition of Luther uh, back there, um, drawn by the great Libermajo and uh, written by uh, Brian Azzarello. Um, yeah, they're they're basically so they're what they're what DC is doing now, especially with those types of uh, uh, comics, is they're they're reprinting some of the old acclaimed comics that are a little darker and more adult in nature, and they're reprinting them in DC Black like Killing Joke, I, like like the Killing exactly like the Killing yeah. Joke, I would yeah. imagine. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, Luther's great. Uh, he he does a whole series of, I mean, he does, you know, they did Joker. Same team did Joker. 
which is really, really yep. good. I recommend that. They did Batman Damned, really, really great. That's another DC Black Label. Um, but it's really, really cool. And uh, this is actually the one I'm going to recommend next week, but I'm not going to say what it is, but I'm going to show it on camera because they're actually printing them now in magazine format, which is really, really cool. They're bigger. Um, they've got more pages. You know what, Mike? Mike it's you, it's you, really cool. Mike, you've been, Mike, you've indulged my interest and uh, you know how big of a Superman fan I am. I'm going to get Luther DC Black Label edition, so uh, we can yeah, talk about I love that. It. It's at some really point good. Too. It's really good. I've read it a long time ago. But, it's really good. So, but, so wait between between that so between that and the Year One Superman, you would go with the Year One Superman um, or I'd Luther? I go with uh, Year One, which is going to be my next uh, recommendation next time. So I don't want to talk about it too much. I would go Superman Year One because it's Frank Miller doing Superman um, when Frank Miller has uh, hopefully defeated alcoholism and he's changed his voice on Superman and it's kind of a return to form. He's, he is not depicting from, 20, from 2019, right? By Frank Miller and John Romita and John Romita Jr. Okay. Drawn by John Romita Jr. Uh, and, and John Romita Jr. Also co-plotted it, co-wrote it. It's, uh, it's going to be my next recommendation on our next episode. And we'll go into more details on that one. I recommend that one uh, because Frank Miller has changed his, uh, a tune on Superman, and I think he actually captured um, and finally understands uh, who Superman is. Um, and uh, we kind of need a symbol like Superman during these times. So, I, yeah, I think he expertly yeah, uh, captures that. Well, fantastic. I am so excited uh, that we're going to be talking about a comic book together. It's uh... <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, now, we are going to move on to our big topic Um of our episode, and it's going to be a study on politics and video games. Um, I'm going to let Vikram lead, uh, and Vinay lead this discussion, but uh, I think a big uh, piece of our uh, uh, discussion is going to be basically how uh, Alexandria Asasio cortez broke Twitch and, um, you know, got partnered right away and uh, was the third highest streamer of all time, I believe, her, her, her uh, Twitch stream, and she was joined by really uh you know large quite large uh, twitch streamers um i think we're going to be talking about that but pokemane pokemane yes pokemane hassan piker um dr lupo a lot of other people um so it was uh it was really interesting um i think it's kind of has started a uh interesting trend in in video game streaming or streaming platforms in general um, but I think we're going to talk about that. But Vikram, I'm just going to hand this to you because, like I said, you and Vinay are the subject matter experts. So please take it away. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. So uh, before we kind of get into just some of the recent happenings, I, uh, I I'm very much I consider myself a historian. Um, I uh, um, or at least like somebody who appreciates the past to understand our present and then to uh, gain insight into our future in that order. Um, I think that it, it's kind of helps to kind of flesh out, uh, why we're talking about, uh, video games and politics, especially in, um, the night before the election, um, by just talking about like the history of video games and politics. Um, make no mistake, Mike, I, you, you have certainly more experience in video games than me. I mean, and even, even for me at a young age, um, I was hooked on Nintendo. So, uh, my worldview of video games is very much shaped by, um, gaming historian on youtube um just good he's video really game good, journalism he, he's really good that's a really good channel he is fantastic oh gosh yeah i learned so much about just 
like from the times, the culture, the content, everything. Like he's fantastic for that. So uh, big shout out to the gaming historian on YouTube. Uh, please do watch his content. He's he's phenomenal. Um, and you'll learn something too. Just like trying to capture a lot of the zeitgeist of that moment. Uh, anyways, um, just uh, in, you you certainly are. Um, you you had a lot more exposure than I had even at a young age. To me, I will acknowledge that. Um, I think for me, the first time I really heard about um, video games in like a political context was Grand Theft Auto. Um, at the time it, it released, it was a hot, uh, it, it was right around the time I believe Grand Theft Auto 4 came out um, that suddenly now it was thrust into like, oh, um, look at uh, it. Look at all these. Uh, this guy who's like driving his car. Uh, he sees some hookers on the street. He's going to beat the he's going to pay the hooker uh, fornicate as he will. Um, and then beat the hooker down and then take the money back. And like, that was what was that like series of events was, um, presented to me at that young age, um, where it's like, wow, that's, that's really violent. Um, and, but little did I know, just like, you know, you can do a whole lot in Grand Theft Auto and, um, rest is history there. It's one of the top selling video games of a whole lot of platforms. And the only game that I am aware of that's going to exist on three separate generations all at the same time. So, I mean, it's 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 grown itself to such a phenomenon that it's a mainstay in our society, but it's very much because it's a mainstay um, and controversial that it reached this peak of where it's at. A lot of it was tied to, um, like, and, and it's not just Grand Theft Auto, um, I should say. There are other games like Doom, um, um, Metal Gear Solid, um, uh, Far Cry games, uh, and we're going to touch a little bit on that in a, in a different context in a moment, but um, it was th those games that like brought a tense, uh, a touch of like reality to most folks, or it's like, wow, this is this is way too real for comfort, and if this simulates certain actions, um, how would that person grow and develop just knowing and having that built-in memory now to then act on those whatever impulses like come about? And people started getting very fearful of video games. You saw a lot of backlash against gaming studios for what they were portraying. Um, it's reached into various like lawsuits, um, and most of them diminished because of censorship laws. Um, and then even now, um, you have video games like away from just like talking about violence, um, just in a historical setting where video games are by design, uh, kind of like meme songs, what we talked about earlier, where um, you get a dopamine effect um, and people recognize that psychology and they kind of play to it um they um like various sounds various interactions they're just gonna they're just gonna like get you buying more and more and suddenly loot boxes and like other cosmetic things suddenly became a big forefront especially in european union where um belgium and netherlands and a handful of other countries opened up investigations and lawsuits into video game companies and the gotcha mechanic as we call it now where it's going to keep on having you buy and buy and buy um, and pour money into that. And teaching that to minors was just like a, a line to be drawn. So I, I, I said a lot there. Um, but Benai, I, I, I want to touch on one of the games here that I know you're really in love with. And uh, you've certainly played a lot of these games. And that's Metal Gear Solid. And we've kind of like I'm taking it away from just now like talking about like legacy of games and like the instantaneous reactions people had and more to the actual content that these games um like Metal Gear Solid, Far Cry and Grand Theft Auto contained that it brought in um just uh, like more real life situations uh, in a different nuance. So, 
Um, you're you're the Metal Gear Solid expert here to me. I mean, you and Mike oh, both. Yeah. So it's one of my want to speak games. a little too. Yeah, you do both want to speak to that. Uh, I'll 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 well, let Vinay, you know what I'm gonna I'll say. I'll let Vinay speak more, but I would like to say Metal Gear Solid, the Alex Jones of video games. <laughs> <laughs> I think you get that. Uh, well, you, you'll get yeah. why I'm saying that, Vinay. <laughs> right. You know. I want to speak a little bit more to the history of why video games became a political, sort of a political uh, tool and a wedge point. Uh, so we kind of have to take it back to the 90s. And I think Mike is a little bit older enough to acknowledge, you know, some of the games that were coming out. And I think the first game that came out where in which it got generated a ton of controversy was not Grand Theft Auto. It was actually one of the first Mortal Kombat games that was that Mortal Kombat 2. I I, I don't know how I could have forgotten Mortal Kombat. Kombat You're right. Yeah. Fatality. (laughs) Mortal Kombat 2 was currently at the time there was no game rating system the way that there is today with the esrb in the in us and canada um peggy in in europe. europe and then i think the bbc in uh uk and i'm sure there's others in australia and in the, in the rest of the world um so at the time there wasn't really a like rating system meant to regulate on whether or not children can buy video games and whatnot now i want to sort of pivot this and try to make this more relevant to the present and before i go into the metal gear stuff now there have been several activists uh who have been very concerted in making video games sort of the root cause to people you know little like to boys behaviors changing and stuff one of them is a guy named jack thompson who is notorious for uh, suing anything that he considers an obscenity. Obscenity. So at the time, he went after Grand Theft Auto, and he would go into different states and sue uh, the sue the developers for it. And additionally, before he did that, he went and sued rap music and rap artists because of swear words and stuff like that of course um, they had to go they have to go after music in the end um and just kind of make this like, like a vast like, like they network do, man these idiots like they pick one thing that's that's popular in pop culture like you said like rap you know or hip-hop right vinai and then they they can't do anything about it so they move on to the next thing which is video games right exactly and i think this is a really important point because the First Amendment pretty much, you know, people to publish whatever they want. And that's right. a really important thing because in other countries, you know, like I know that in Germany and stuff like that, they ask developers to not publish certain elements of video games. Even in China, they don't allow that right. um, because I know Germany has very restrictive laws depicting Nazism in video games or of depicting course, yeah. Nazism in yeah. general. Uh, so this is really important, um, which is why, you know, way video games are kind of used as a wedge tool to sort of say, hey, look, you know, video games are bad for people because it's, you know, it shows this violence and stuff like that. And that was used, that type of rhetoric was used in 
after the 2018 Parkland uh, high school shootings, right. uh, the shootings at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in I, Parkland, I mean, it even Florida. started, it, it started before that too, Manai. Um, it started even at With Columbine. Columbine. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So video games have been long been known for being a front and center front, a front piece of, you know, being used as a scapegoat for many of the, you know, problems that we face structurally in our, you know, in this country. And uh, and, and, uh, and, and Vinay, I would say that rather than trying to kind of like separate like um, video games from like that uh, core identity, I, I would you kind of agree with me and say that like video games have kind of embraced that feature to add an additional like nuance of reality that then like spurns like more thought either creatively or intellectually in people now i mean video games are just like an escapism at their finest storytelling yeah at its finest. especially you know especially right now with the covid19 pandemic video games yep. are now a huge part of people's lives now and you know for the people who can afford playing video games like it is a huge part of people's lives now and there's so many different parallels that you know developers put into the game that you're seeing today in in the in today's world i mean death stranding could not be more and more significant you know death stranding with with the covid 19 pandemic do you still have your baby uh do you still have the the death stranding Oh gosh, are you really okay? You know what? Do you okay? You should have gone as Norman Reedus with carrying uh, this. That would have been <laughs> such a great Halloween costume. Oh my god, dude, you, you're right on with that. Hopefully, if if next year uh, we're all back to normal, I hope uh, that is a great idea. And and Vinay, that's a really good point. I mean, because you know it's Ko- Kojima, so um, he's always gonna put. That's why I called Metal Gear Solid the Alex Jones of video games because he's always. Um, got it. And I lo- listen, I love Hideo Kojima. I love his games. Um, but, you know, uh, he kind of started this whole thing by putting a lot of conspiracy theory stuff and uh, alternate U.S. history stuff in, in, in his video games. And uh, it- I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what that's what Metal Gear Solid is known right. for. It's like it doesn't shy away from it. Right. And in a lot of ways also kind of makes it more all the more realistic what the military industrial complex could accomplish right. if it really went full throttle with its capabilities. Um I yeah, mean, like, you got to keep in mind that Kojima is a fundamentally anti-war person. Oh yeah. Like oh he yeah. does not like war. Oh yeah. And and it's very very evident in the way he talks about the things the, the topics that get touched on in the Metal Gear games are very much akin to a very anti-war sentiment. And, and it's, I also and want and also, also want to point out Yeah, go ahead Ben. I sorry, my bad. I also want to I also want to point out that the Themes that you see in Metal Gear Solid about genetic engineering, nanotechnology. Additionally, you also see themes of, um, you see a lot of themes about post-truth politics, social media, and AI. All of these things are things that we see today. And I think the harbinger of that was Metal Gear, the canary in the coal mine for all that was actually sons of liberty metal gear solid 2 100 metal gear solid 2. agree yes absolutely metal gear solid 2 really encompasses everything that is going on in the 2010s yep. everything that went on in the 2010s yep. when it came to post-truth fake news disinformation edward all snowden mm-hmm. yeah. exactly so metal gear is probably a very cogent example of that 
a an example that I didn't really think of at the time, but now appreciate more when it comes to it is actually Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Mm-hmm. Deus Ex Mankind Divided. And I, I, and, and I would argue uh, the, uh, uh, Human Revolution started that as well tonight, didn't it? Don't you think? Right. Right. And transhumanism is a theme that I don't think many of us are really touching upon now, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about apartheid. I'm talking about talk like of, of institutionalizing apartheid in in what you're seeing in mankind divided it's pretty much very obvious that there is like a degree of apartheid across the world right. of augmented versus non-augmented individuals but even but even without going so much into like the future stuff too i mean um and certainly we're gonna see more and more games of that caliber uh cyberpunk 2077 um which i know it's delayed but god december can't come soon enough I I think we can all agree that, but I think, um, even just to like kind of understand and flesh out like our current situation too, like you have games like, I mean, I'll bring it up again, Grand Theft Auto five, which portrays like this ultra capitalist, like American dream, like gut, like kitsch. Uh, I, I really don't know how to say it. It's just like, it's a take on the American dream, um, which is this concept that like so many people, so many politicians will kind of throw in your face it's like, Let's uh let's claim what this uh, this is the middle class dream or this is the American dream as a as a whole, and it's a different spin and take on it. And it, the story the storytelling just the writing in general uh, is fantastic, and uh, people would appreciate just like how they like apart from what I mentioned earlier regarding uh, like being like beating down people and taking stealing cash um, or shooting people, you suddenly have storytelling at its finest and kind of defining a new world within a world. With uh, which is very curious, um, and we've all played Grand Theft Auto. So, what what other or so apart from Grand Theft Auto, I I also want to mention Far Cry Five because it kind of the recent Far Cry game they've been getting a lot a little bit more into like power dynamics and structures, um, and this new recent one uh kind of delved into ultra right wing politics. Well, it, um, it, it, it was got just some... basically retelling uh, not just that. I mean, it's really I mean, I wouldn't even say ultra right wing politics. I would say it would just literally told the 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 David Koresh story in a Far Cry game basically. So, so, you know, right. That that's kind of the angle they went in the, in the new one in 6. You see it's uh a, I mean, I'm assuming it's a South American dictator, probably a fictional South American country and play, you know, uh, South American dictator played by Giancarlo Espedi- oh, yeah. Esposito. Um, when they're leaning into that for the new one, I yes, but that, but that, but that is actually a bigger commentary of of the effects of American imperialism, right, right. right there. Talking about talking about those type of things. Um, I also wanted to make. I also like just remembered. Um. I was I was gonna talk about Watch. Yeah, Dogs. I was gonna bring that up Watch because Dogs you're the one playing is... Watchdog Legions right now. I I haven't gotten it yet, um, and I was just gonna ask about right. that because it did like skew to that uh, political angle, did it not? Right, and I think I think especially like one you know one kind of touches on you know privacy violations and stuff like that. Watchdogs too really cemented um, the 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 aspects of silicon valley that where in which many of the companies are 
you know, forced to be playing this role and, you know, are willingly profiting off of the role of being data arbiters and content arbiters and stuff like that. Um, I also wanted to, you know, sort of touch on one last thing. And with this new Watch Dogs Legion game, it's talking about many things that I don't think are like it's talking about self-driving cars, artificial intelligence, drones you know mass scale use of drones and stuff like that i'm not going to give away the game or anything like that i'm not going to spoil it to anyone you um, made it interesting enough for me to want to play it now so uh Vinay, do you care to uh make a switch of a game uh when once you're all said and complete and done i'll trade your breath of the wild for it yeah i have i have games you can borrow from me vikram so now I'll, I'll be sure to do that i'll be sure the to perks give of you being that. back the perks of being back home in chicago Notwithstanding me, no, being able to see Mike and Vinay. <laughs> yep. So I think, in, you know, let's, you know, just to sum it all up, right? Um, in the United States, video games are political. Like, they will be political. Some of them, some of them are meant to be political. Like, the Grand Theft Auto is a critique of the American dream. It is a critique of uh, American, uh, American capitalism and the obsession of mark of of the market and the yeah. worship of it and i think uh, and i think to, I, to that point and, Vinay, i think even not even just five which is a incredible game it's my favorite grand theft auto game next to vice city but i think four did an even better job than five with that because it was an immigrant coming to the united states trying to follow the quote-unquote um, uh, american true. dream and seeing what he has to do and the atrocities he has to commit to be able to achieve the quote-unquote American dream. I, I Look, I, I kind of view Grand Theft Auto Five as like a, a different nuance yeah, of the American dream because you have uh, Trevor Michael. Yeah, you do have Trevor Michael um, and, oh gosh, um, I'm forgetting Franklin. one character, Franklin. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you have all, all three of them um, just like all trying to uh, rise up in uh, like the society and it's like a doggy dog world, you know, and um, that's, to me, kind of, it represents just like the American dream as a whole. You kind of have to like one up each other across this ladder. Um, it's a rat race. It symbolized actually more than just that, man. It symbolized sort of the peak of neoliberalism at its finest, right there, where in which people are sort of reinforcing the ideas that people are selfish and competitive and all that stuff. And I think you know, to many, you know, to many, that was a, a, a genuine criticism of American, of the American economy and the ideas that come out of America at the time. Um, I also sort of, I also well, want to sort of pivot this a little bit more and pivot this to a different focal point. And when I'm talking about politics, like obviously every single developer has their own opinion about you know, the world and everything that's going on. But it's, but I think a developer that, you know, is very, very keen and self-aware of his opinions, I think is Kojima. Kojima does it best because he understands fundamentally the world of what is and what will be. And Mike kind of uh, jokingly put it as he is the Alex Jones of, of video game development but the games that he has brought into the fold have accurately depicted everything that has been going on that we've seen today in the world. Death Stranding pretty much accurately depicted COVID 
and how people are, you know, coping with living at home and, you know, not being able to do the regular things that they could do because of that right. reason. Right. And, and with Metal Gear, I just mentioned, you know, all the topics that have been so, you know, fundamental to, you know, our discourse. Right. And before I, I, I do want to pivot away, I do have been, I, I'm enjoying this conversation on just politics, video games. I mean, we, we brought a ton of examples and evidence just like from our own lived experience as also to what we read. Uh, before we pivot right. it off to like this video games and this COVID pandemic 2020 cycle, um, I do want to end off by mentioning how um, the British Medical Journal um, back in... Ooh, doo -doo. I'm trying to look at the, the year of relevance. Okay, so back in 2011, um, their background, uh, they were, okay, so they were exploring in their research how time watching TV and playing electronic games at age five predicts change in psychosocial adjustment and a representative sample of seven-year-olds from the UK. And what they predicted was is that um, playing electronic games was not associated with any conduct problems, no associations were found either between either type of screen time and emotional symptoms, hyperactivity, inattention, peer relationship problems, or pro-social behavior, and there was no evidence of a gender differences in the effect of screen time. Um, I trust that study. I, I just thought it would be nice to share unless anybody else brought something else along, but um, just kind of wanted to eclipse that where it's like, at least from a trusted uh, scientific research study, um, in which they observed 11,000 kids' behavior over a decade. So that their methodology is quite comprehensive. Um, I'll end on that. That's my feelings on, and on the subject before we transition to um, our larger one, which is, uh, Mike, we talked about it before, AOC number three in Twitch live streams. And she got, like, I know, I know you have topics on this. So, I mean, just where, where are you at? Me or Vinay? No, I'm I'm asking you. Just like yeah, oh, about uh, oh, just, you know what? I, I you know, honestly don't care about anyone's political affiliation of any really Democrat, Republican, Libertarian. I don't care. And and no, 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 no I no. wanted to say look, this I'm, because I'm, I was look, joking yeah. with you about this. I got pissed off that she got partnered right away on her first Twitch stream, and I've got almost whatever the following amount, uh, a followers amount on Twitch, and I've got uh, how many subscribers on YouTube, and I still can't get the uh, affiliate or anything like that, but right away, Congresswoman uh, AOC uh, gets partnered by Twitch, gets, like, all this stuff, like, for, you know, by Amazon, whatever, Twitch. And, and by it, the way, and, I was and just by the so way, let's salty change about it because I was let's, just like, dude, for two years I've been streaming and got nothing. No, Mike, 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 <laughs> that's why we have this podcast. You know, that's the timing of our podcast episode is so that we can get you to affiliate status. So click that like and subscribe button, people. This is our executive AOC, content. AOC, help brother and out, man. I'm not, I'm not saying I don't like you or anything, but come on, man. You got partnered right away. But I mean, <laughs> and even you apart had a from pro-looking stream, and it was your first stream. Come on, man. Come on. As in, 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 in the words of Joe Biden, come on, man. <laughs> she didn't even have to have any of the tech problems that you and no, I had to deal with. Just dude, no, dude, no. She probably podcast. had a whole team back there. I'm like, come on. What are you doing? Yep. Yep. As Joe Biden would say, that is utter malarkey. <laughs> malarkey. Yes. And if you're playing it's Biden like, Bingo like, at home, take a shot. 
But Mike, uh, we both know this is uh, not just AOC. I mean, it's just a growing trend for overall. Sure, for sure, I, I, I jokingly was salty about and, it. Now I know. And and by the way, AOC stream. She was playing Among Us with some famous uh, Twitch personalities: uh, Pokimane, Hassan Piker, um, a few other names. Right, Mike? Yeah, Doctor Lupo. I mean, it was a huge. Uh, um... Uh, list of people uh, and i can't remember everyone because i don't follow literally all of them only a few of them i i I know and have followed um but i remember during her stream they were playing among us uh she jokingly which i i really appreciated um there was a very famous uk streamer um they and she asked him a question uh and i i appreciate it because this is kind of a topic that's near and dear to me about healthcare, where she jokingly said how does it feel um, to be able to go to the doctor <laughs> in the UK because it was a UK streamer, a very famous UK streamer, and uh, not worry about you know anything that we're dealing with basically here. And uh, I appreciated you know b- bringing because I think you know as we uh, the one the the one good thing about it is uh, whether you're leaning left, right, middle, whatever it is, kind of bringing um, even though I have a negative view of politics. You know, there are really important issues for us as humans and us as Americans. I think we all can agree on. Um, I, I think healthcare is one of them. And just being using your political popularity and being able to reach, gosh, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, it was over 300K, right? That that viewed that Twitch stream. It was like something insane. She she literally broke Twitch. It was nuts. Um, but being able to bring a lot of like... I'm a millennial, but I'm call, an old. Call attention! Call, call yeah, attention! Yeah, call attention! Yeah, he, she was able to. You call know, I'm I'm on the things, older yeah. end of the millennial spectrum, but to be able to call attention, you're a millennial at heart. Thank to you. Us, I, Mike. I, I don't want to be, but I am. Um, <laughs> you know, you have to kind of look at like you know because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of young people there watching Twitch now, um, and YouTube and all these streaming platforms. They're not watching TV anymore. They're watching literally stuff on the internet like this. You know. It's more. It's. It's. It, I mean, lot real. Realist. Uh, what is it? Um. Oh God. Uh. uh real light TV. What? Uh. Realistic TV. Gosh. I've, I'm. There's a specific term for it, Mike. Uh. Reality TV. Reality TV. I don't know why I forget <laughs> the word reality sometimes. I guess that's just the, the complete uh crazy reality I'm currently going through and living in right you now. And all of us, man. <laughs> But I think it was it was yes. really important. No. I mean, I know you and Vinay want to talk about this more. And I I mean, my two cents no, is, is really... that I think it's really important and brings awareness um, to the issues yep. that are going on in our country um, and the power of vote, um, which I like I said before, I didn't care much about it before. And then um, when you get older and things happen to you when you get older, you start to realize, wow, like healthcare is a really big issue. Um there's other these things that I do day to day that are a big issue. And there's a lot of these, you know, uh, representatives out there, uh, political representatives um, and elected officials that we need to hold accountable and to try to make our lives better. All of us as 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 yep. as, as human beings, as Americans in this country. And yep. and, uh, you know, even I kind of had to open my eyes and say, you know what, I have a voice. I should make my voice heard. I have got very important things. I don't care if you. Uh, lead and, one way or the other, thus, but I think we thus, can all agree together that that there's important issues where we all need to take care of one another, and health is a big one of them, especially during a pandemic. You know, and thus the guise of habit was formed. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll shut up and I'll let you guys also I'll let our you guys war- talk about it. Also, our and thus the guy.
as of habit was formed in our war zone that uh, is probably the best thing that's happened in, uh, uh, from the pandemic is uh you know being able to spend a lot more time uh with my wife and then uh, having our war zone uh uh nights our yeah no so i mean just uh, kind of going i mean like that's the beauty of video games now is that they've brought us so much connection to folks i mean We've progressed enough uh, in technology and as a society now that we value social interactions and that we're all so much more comfortable with uh, leaning on external forms of communication beyond just like picking up the phone call or seeing each other face to face or traveling long distances that we can close those gaps and kind of bring everybody together. And you can replicate and create unique opportunities and experiences that people can enjoy um, and uh, share to other folks as well. I think it's a testament of just like what video games are that not only are they beautiful storytelling, but they are communities, they are networks and they are linkages that we have between what we have in the real world and what we can create um, in a separate reality. Um, and mentioned before, I'll mention again, escapism at its finest. Um, I mean, outside of just like uh, that itself um, and just like where we're seeing just as current upswell in video games um, before even AOC kind of launched in the Twitch scene. Uh, of course, this has been a recent trend. Bernie Sanders is noted for using Twitch for his outreach support um, during his 2016 campaign. Uh, back when video game streaming wasn't as popular as it is now, especially in the midst of a pandemic. So uh, kudos to a real OG and Bernie. Yeah, he was the real OG. And I think the the the, um, the interesting thing is he didn't get as many people tuning in because I, and I don't know if it was I think it was AOC's idea. Um, but she was really, really smart. I think she did tweet out um, trying to get interest to see who would join her on the stream. And she got quite a few very large mainstream viewers um, or uh, not uh, mainstream hosts, Twitch, Twitch hosts. Uh, you got you got to appreciate you got well, to that was very smart because, smart because that Bernie didn't is. have that yeah. kind of reach, you yeah. know, um, and, and you should, that was a great idea. No, I wish he did. No. Um, I, I wish she actually got to Bernie and told him, "Hey, you should reach out to like, you know, the like Pokimane and 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 Hassan Piker and and, and uh, Doctor Lupo and just like yeah. literally from all sorts of like the entertainment type of Twitch spectrum." And that's why she got that many views or hits on her stream, uh, which is and and soon and, and soon in the next four years, fingers crossed, yeah, right. the guys have had it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, uh, I. Yeah, so even apart from just like that, I mean, like we're seeing other cool interactive ways that people are leveraging their platforms and positions to reach people. Animal Crossing, a game that one would rarely kind of fit in politics and Animal Crossing, although except you do have to pay off a mortgage to a very uh, to a very um, money hungry raccoon. Yeah, that Tom so Nook is an um, there is that in real life. At Tom Nook, yeah, yeah, he's a uh, he's Dude, quite I'm a character. My, my wife is still ticked but off that, Animal... that that it's Animal Crossing uh, is uh, still uh, full price. By the way, because I, I mean, want to buy. A, it I mean, literally, it is one of the <laughs> ah good man. But Animal Crossing too has just been like such a uh, cool, um, cool de and divisive, I should say, um, video game from a political context, just in modern uh, right now. Um, Biden's been using Animal Crossing. I actually came upon um, Biden created content like T-shirts, caps, uh, clothing wear that you can make your avatar in Animal Crossing wear. And um, he, um, he, his campaign team were all in after um, ha uh, getting Kamala Harris on board as his vice presidential pick. 
sell, uh, not selling rather, uh, you can get this free QR code. Um, but, and if you'd like to make a donation to the campaign to do so, and I think that's also an engaging way of just like bringing people together because Mike, I mean, we're no stranger to just like cosmetic Mike, we're no strangers to, uh, cosmetics, um, as they're, um, in video games and, you know, you could potentially see more and more political candidates, uh, kind of lean into, uh, support from video game creators, uh, just to spread their message out more. Um, I think there's a lot to be said there in reaching out to as many people as possible through something simplistic as gaming. Um, also beyond just like political candidates in the U S um, I'd also la like to mention China um, and Hong Kong and how animal crossing has been used for Hong Kong. Um, protesters have been, I mean, uh, right now China is just like enacting a ton of harsh uh, restrictive measures against Hong Kong um, over the past year. Um, it last year we all, it was the year of the protest um, and you had a lot of Hong Kong protesters uh, on the streets uh, tr fighting for their independence as a um, as a country um, or as more of a like a quasi uh, quasi like nation state, if you will. Um, but leveraging Animal Crossing as a way to after everything's kind of been like uh, diff more difficult in terms of using web based services um reaching out in public uh using animal crossing as a way to connect people through video games and i mean that's i mean that's a brilliant part about it is that like even through something as simplistic as animal crossing people are uh organizing and exercising their first amendment rights and i think that's just a super cool thing it democratizes a whole lot in video games uh whether you are young old or in between um I mean, and we brought it up before, just like other nuances and stories that are very political in nature and that um, are very much inspired to provoke thought and uh, provoke uh, further uh, research and investigations. So I'll kind of stop there. Uh, that's pretty much everything else I wanted to say about Animal Crossing. Uh, Mike, Benai, do you have anything else to kind of uh, add on to that? I mean, I just think that politicians are going to have to get savvy to start realizing that young people are just not, you know, younger people are not going to be the same type of, you know, they're not going to engage with, you know, politics the same way as they would in the past. And I know that the Trump administration has tried to be heavy on uh, Twitch as well. You know, they've streamed their like rallies and stuff like that, that were there. So there's no question that like, you know, politics is, you know, becoming very much intertwined with video games and streaming and stuff like that. Like if you look at some of the acquisitions and all the sales that have been going on right now it's all in right. streaming equipment so streaming and streaming is going to be a reality for the you know the technology of streaming the scale in which people can reach to it is going to be huge now i just want to end off there yeah i think you know i i've said all i i can say i think you know uh aoc laid the pl blueprint of how to do it, it uh, to bring attention you need to find uh, people on whatever platform you're streaming to um, to try to be uh, engaged with you along and stream with them to bring attention to you because I think uh, because right. it's, a, it's a shared experience it's a shared and experience. it's something unique and it's a bond I mean absolutely yep just like our <laughs> yeah, wars on we sessions. finally got denied that W mm -hmm. the other day that was so awesome it was actually we got it we got it as as soon is, as it uh, last week I think right Vinay as soon as uh, midnight hit and I my can't believe hit, I right? I, 
I can't yeah, believe I, I can't believe I slept. Time. I can't believe I slept an hour before you guys oh, got the W. I was just game, so tired man. that Sid night. Sid carried us at the at the end, man. It was one v one. It was it was just awesome. Do you, do you think do you do you think you could have gotten multiple Ws with if I was part of that party, no. the golden party? <laughs> <laughs> I think we played. Hey, man, we love you, Vikram. Hey, Vikram, we love you, but we all know that you'll be the so first bogus, one to dude. run away from a so challenge. So bogus, this, dude. I'll never game. forget. And he always does this, but I'll never forget. Like, we got revived. It was, I think it was a quads for It was me, you, Vikram, and, and uh, Sid. And I got revived. I think you might have already. We were all just getting just punked, basically, right? And it was like a top 10 situation. And uh, literally, I got revived, and then freaking... Vikram, and then me and Sid go after this team to get revenge for you and I. And uh, I'm like, Vikram, come join us. We're 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 outnumbered. He's one shot. And I literally, uh, Sid, uh, Sid took out one guy. I took out another guy. And then he, uh, there was just one more team member left, and he's one shot. And I was like, Vikram, come get him. He's one shot. He's like, F you guys. I'm out of here. And literally ran the opposite direction. Just jumped <laughs> off and ran and just just just. Bl- oh my gosh, I'll never forget that. I'm like, dude, that's so bogus. And then what happens? He gets ambushed, and he dies, and we lose. So, <laughs> oh man, I, 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 moral of the story is that I create very unique experiences and shared moments that we have That's in so Warzone. First of all, yeah, and some, and those moments that we will sometimes <laughs> not forget. Well, guys, you will never forget um, those. Moments is there anything, involved, uh, anything so. else you guys want to talk about this subject before we sign off and go into our spiel? Go freaking vote, people. Get your butt to the polls already. Jeez. What are you waiting for? And the whole time that we've been talking, you could have been wait you could have been listening to our episode and out in the polls. To so be just fair, go do I think it. they have uh, I think everyone has yeah. for the most part voted, which is nice. Um you're seeing a lot of numbers right now because of the pandemic. Mail in ballots are up. Uh I know that's what we did. Um I, I also I also want to add in because we didn't get, we talked very minimally about movies, but uh, R.I.P. Dude, Sean Connery. So I know I I kind of want to do a Sean Connery episode yeah. because he's one of my favorite actors. Episode. Well, we have to do a Bond episode. Yeah, we do have to do a Bond. But not only that, he's one of my favorite actors ever. I mean, he's done so he's such, played such iconic oh, gosh. roles. Uh, do you want to do? Do you want to do a Bond episode uh, for a future session, or do you want to do uh, one where we watch like all Sean Connery's greats, like Hunt for Red October? uh indiana jones and last crusade um of course dr no and uh the oh, well, League of well, one Extraordinary of my favorites nicholas cage the rock um and i will quote uh i will quote sean oh, yeah, connery saying this yeah <clears throat> winners go home and fuck the prom queen from the rock <laughs> ah i i i see you know i see you know your charlemagne <laughs> oh man did you rest in peace sean connery I will say, I will say, one of my favorite Sean Connery films, one of my first ever that was not a Bond film, was Finding film. Forrester. Great film. Um, Good one. And if yes. Directed by Gus the great yeah, I Gus think he did that one after he did uh, Good Will Hunting. Actually, I think that was the next movie he did. Really, really mm-hmm. good. I mean, Sean Connery's an incredibly versatile yep. actor, and uh, hey, man, he was in Highlander, dude. He's awesome. He's been in too many mm-hmm. great. So Mike, Mike, instead of rather than we'll do a Bond episode, but I think we'll save that for like definitely, when No Time to definitely. Die comes out because the timing is right then. So how about for the next episode, we'll just pick a handful of Sean Connery movies because he's the OG Scotsman actor 
Um, one of my favorites, absolutely. Yeah. Sir R.A.P. Sherson, Sir Sean Connery. Even his name yeah, almost he's, invokes he's his accent. I mean, he, dude, his even though he's not on, he wasn't on SNL. He had some of the best SNL skits. I mean, the guy who does the impression of Sean Connery in the Jeopardy. Oh my gosh, those are the best episodes. Ah, oh, Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yep. Trebek. Oh. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Holy Rusted Metal says Dragonheart. Anyways, Dude, I'm uh, with you 100%, man. Dragonheart's awesome. Heck yeah. Um, uh-huh. And Vinay, do you yeah. have any final words before we sign off? I don't. And I think my my two co-hosts have aptly summed up what they Absolutely. had to say. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, you can find Vikram at Vikram.Ramesh uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Follow the guys of Habit Twitter. That's where we uh, kind of, you know, post a lot of stuff about video games and pop, pop culture. And when we'll be going live, uh, you can follow me at uh, Big Bad Timber on Twitter. Follow the YouTube channel, Big Bad Timber. F- subscribe. Follow the Twitch channel, twitch.tv uh, slash Big Bad Timber. And uh, please go out and uh, exercise your right to vote. It's really important. No matter who you vote for, it's just really important that you vote and vote on uh, the issues, especially in your uh, local area. Uh, where a lot of things are going on, they're trying to pass a lot of stuff. So you do want your voice to be heard in a lot of that stuff. That's actually incredibly important. Uh, it's something I even learned about recently. Hashtag be heard, <laughs> our nerd heard. <laughs> Nicely done, Vikram. Uh, anyway, guys, thank you so much for watching. Um, we'll see you on the next episode. Maybe Sean Connery episode? We don't even know. Maybe. But uh, we'll see you on the next one. Take care, everyone. Yeah.